of you know how much Darby serves, and even during those difficult times in our church, she has been that person too. Even though church has blessed her, she has blessed the church so much with her heart to serve and to give and to show compassion and love to those. And, and that's really the heart of the bridge. You know, the, the first thing I, I said, and I still remember the day I walked up on the stage and I told the church this, I said, don't go to church be the church. And what I mean by that is that where the church is not the building itself. This is where we gather together to worship God, but the church is the people. Those that have been redeemed by Jesus Christ and they now have the Holy Spirit in them. So wherever they go, they are the church. So you are the church. When you leave this building and you go out, because church is not just a once a week event that happens. Church is a 24-7 thing that happens all the time. Last night, I was, uh, went to the gym with my daughter. And after the workout, I went to the sauna. And I walked into the sauna and it was packed. It was packed full of guys. And it was probably like a 35 square foot area and there was nowhere for me to sit and so I'm just standing there and kind of huddled in like sardines and then there was a conversation going on and so I was like like I typically do I insert myself into conversations when I'm in public I don't know if you do that but I just do and we start talking and as I'm talking there's a a guy who, who had walked in after me was behind me and he says hey 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 you're my pastor and I'm like, who are you? Like, I, I didn't recognize this guy with his shirt off. It was weird, but it was, I'm trying to, and they're like, oh yeah, I just met you a couple weeks ago. And he actually couldn't be here today, but, but it was, actually, I remember meeting him um, after a message a couple weeks ago. And so we started talking. He's like, yeah, this cool man, and my pastor's in here. And so then another guy who's, who's in the uh, sauna, young guy, super buffed, he's like, oh, you're a pastor? What church? I start telling him about the church. Then he says, I go to church. I just started going back to church. I stopped drinking. I'm trying to get my life on track. I sat down and we had a conversation where I just encouraged him in the Lord. I said, man, way to go. It was, it was his 25th birthday yesterday. And so as we're talking, another guy starts hearing our conversation. And so we meet another guy. Guess what his name is? Jesus. I'm like, dude, we're hanging out with Jesus right now. This is great. And so we start talking and encouraging each other. And, and man, when the guy left, I said, dude, hey, keep, stay strong, man. And, and you're on the right track. And I just encouraged him. And, pray, and I, in my mind, I prayed for him. And so when I got out of that sauna, you know what the, the Holy Spirit reminded me of? We just had church in a sauna. Maybe this week you had church in a parking lot with someone. Maybe this week when you were with your family or your, your neighborhood and you prayed with someone, you had church right there. Uh, maybe you were comforting somebody that was hurting and you had church right there with that person, you, you, with that barista that you were encouraging, whoever it is. See, that's the beautiful thing about being the church is that we don't have to just go to a location everywhere we are. The Holy Spirit's working through us. God's presence is here, and we can be the church 24-7. And, and, and so what I wanted to do today is I want to um, share with you guys uh, just a, a short little um, 
poem to encapsulate kind of my time here at the church and a synopsis of my observation of what the church has been here and stuff. And I want you guys to, to just listen with me for a second. Uh, welcome. And if this is your first time, I'm Pastor B. We started the bridge 2014, February 23. It's like we were standing at the edge of the Red Sea, Exodus 14, 14, God said he would fight for me. All we did was answer a call from Almighty God. Stepping out in faith was scary, so we needed a prod. I know I felt as unstable as a two-legged tripod, yet God's power was more evident than a lightning rod. As we took our first steps and followed God's lead, we committed our efforts to him, Proverbs 16, 3. We just kept being faithful and throwing out seeds. Therefore, we saw everything our hands did succeed. The bridge has endured many different seasons. Through fires and floods, we've always been a beacon. Through a pandemic, our focus on Christ didn't weaken. The trials led to a bond with God that would only deepen. So welcome, Decade 2, as we open a new chapter, putting our efforts in capturing those from the captor, excited for when Jesus takes us back in the rapture, while waiting will work harder than a wannabe rapper. That's me. Sorry. Excited to see where God guides the bridge this year. With God's strength on our side, we'll kick it into high gear. I'm sure it will be complete with laughter and some tears. You might even see us conquer some of our greatest fears. So please buckle up, folks, and let's all enjoy the ride. There's nothing to fear because Romans 8, he's on our side. We're confident of this because for our sins, he came and died. Since our hope comes from him, let's continue to abide. And so let's continue to abide in the Lord this year in 2000. But you did not come to church to hear a rap from a wannabe rapper. You came to hear God's word, and that's what we're going to get into right now. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that uh, each of the values that we're going to talk about are directly from your word, and I pray that you'd speak to each heart. Lord, again, we are so thankful for your faithfulness in our lives and for what you've done, and I pray that you would just speak, that your word would speak, and you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, as, we, as we start on the values today, uh, we talked about it. Our, our values are biblical preaching, our bi- biblical teaching, reaching out in love, inspiring worship, discipleship, generosity, and everything in prayer. And so we're going to go through each one of those values today. Um, and the first one is, if you're taking notes, the first value of the bridge here is biblical teaching. That uh, first and foremost, our commitment to biblical teaching has been the cornerstone of our church. Uh, we don't, I don't gather, you know, cool articles that people write or even, we don't even go off of commentaries. We're going straight to the very word of God and every single week we are finding encouragement and nourishment for our souls because that's what God's word does. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed or inspired by God and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love that, that, the, the God, that it's God-breathed. This word of God is inspired. It's not inspired like 
you, you know, I was inspired to write that poem. That's another love. That's not really like God-inspired. No, no, no. This is God-inspired. And God breathed through the 40 different authors that wrote the, the scriptures. And the beautiful thing about the scriptures, if you don't know, that it was written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different authors on three different continents. And here's the cool part of the story that there's the, the, a perfect unity and a focus on the redemptive plan of God saving us through his son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? That over 15, this was not a conspiracy. This wasn't a bunch of guys writing the Bible. This was God's in, God inspiring through his Holy Spirit to give us the word. That's why, you know, in, a, in the middle of trying times, in the middle of the difficulties that we've had, pandemics, division, conflicts, things like that, and now, now that we have social media, we are getting sound bites of different observations and different people's thoughts all the time. And it's just like a, they're bullets thrown at us. And so we're going, what is true? And it's hard to know what is true and what is not true these days. But what we know is, we can hold on to the Bible as an anchor for truth in the times that are uncertain. And so we, we look to God's word, and it gives us guidance for our, our financial decisions. It gives us guidance for our personal decisions. It gives us guidance for our relationships. But you know what I love about the Bible is it gives us guidance for eternity. And it helps us to understand, how do you get to heaven? Well, we get to heaven through faith in Jesus Christ alone and the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross. And so we hold on to the Bible as a church as the anchor of God's words to, word to our souls, and we want to read it daily. It's like in a relationship, you would never, if, if you're married, you, would you wouldn't have like a conversation with your husband or wife every other day. Maybe you do, but that's not healthy. See, a good relationship is a constant, everyday relationship, and so for us, we hear God speaking to our hearts, guiding us, correcting us, rebuking us, and, and equipping us for every good work. And so biblical teaching is that first value that we uh, talk about here at the bridge. The second value is reaching out in love, reaching out in love, that we are called now to be the hands and feet of Jesus, Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40 is the great commandment. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so we are called to reach out to those that are hurting, to reach out to our neighbors. Who's our neighbor? Anybody that's next to us, anybody that's within a, a three-foot vicinity, that's our neighbor. And we're called to love our neighbor. We're called to, to love those in our community, to truly love our family members and the people that, that need. And, and so what, is, what are some practical ways that we can reach out and love? Well, we reach out and love here at the church as people come through the doors, but then we go outside the church walls and we love in our communities. And we might just be there to, to pray for somebody that's going through something difficult. Some of you, uh, you have, you've helped others financially that are going through a financial burden. 
Others of you have just been a sounding board for somebody that's going through a conflict and they just don't know what direction to go and, and you've been there to offer advice and wisdom. Uh, others of you are, have just been there to grieve and to be sad with those that are hurting. You know, uh, many of you have lost loved ones even just within the past year and to have the body of Christ come around and grieve with you and weep with you. See, these are ways that we show love. And so we want to reach out. There, there is a world, there's a community just right in our backyard that is desperately needing Jesus Christ and they are hurting and we get to be the hands and the feet of Jesus to be that, that source of healing and encouragement and truth, to be able to guide them to the one who can heal them. And so we want to reach out in love. Um, the, the third thing that we're going to talk about, the third value is inspiring worship. Inspiring worship. So worship, obviously, when we think of worship as Christians, oftentimes we think about singing, and that's a big aspect of what worship is. Like we come here and we worship Corporately, and I, there's nothing that I love to hear more than just to hear God's people corporately worshiping where the voices override the amplification of the music. Where people, there's a chorus and people's hearts are being united and we're worshiping the God who created us. And he's, he's worthy of our worship. Him alone, he alone is worthy of our worship. Psalm 100, one through three, shout for, the, for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I love that. Worship what with joyful songs. We come to him with gladness. Why? Because he's the Lord, our God. We worship him alone. And many people, like, you know, in our culture, we are created to worship. So we're going to worship something, right? Even if, if somebody's not a believer in Jesus, you see people worshiping things all the time. People worship their careers. People worship another person. People worship their finances and, and trying to attain more money and get more. Uh, sometimes people worship their own image or their own appearance, we worship things in our culture. We worship stuff and prestige and look at me and, and we have this kind of attitude and God's, no, 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 no. I am the one who is worthy of your worship. And so worship is singing, yes, that's, a, that's an expression of worship. But worship is so much more than that. In fact, worship is our day-to-day -day lives. When we're, when we're washing, as a follower of Jesus, when we're washing the dishes, we can worship God while we're washing the dishes because the Bible says whether you eat or drink or in whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Okay, so I'm going um, to fix my kids' breakfast this morning. Guess what? For the glory of God, I get to worship God through serving my family. Uh, the Bible says this, Romans chapter 12, in regards to worship. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And so you say, God, today, Lord, let my eyes, whatever they see, Lord, let them glorify you. Let my, my mouth encourage others and let my mouth praise you. Let my hands serve those 
that needs serving. And so let my hands be a source of your hands, Jesus. Let my feet be ready to share the good news with anyone that needs to hear that good news. And you just begin to offer your body as a living sacrifice 24-7. And every single day, when you wake up in the morning on Monday morning, God, today I am going to worship you. And so we worship God. The fourth value here at the bridge is discipleship. And so I love um, what Jesus said when he says, Jesus commands us to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, I love that because Jesus did not say, go and make converts. He didn't say, go and share the, the gospel. The fact that I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross to forgive your sins so now you can spend eternity with him. And that's, a be- that's the gospel in a nutshell. That's we get to experience that. It's a gift. We get to live in that and live in that freedom. But it doesn't stop there. God wants us to become disciples, followers of him, where we give our lives to him. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so we, how do we make disciples? Through his word, through relationships, through community, through small groups, you know, we have different groups that happen here every single um, week, and we've got uh, women's groups, men's groups, young adults, young marrieds, we've got kids, youth, we've got different groups, we've got small groups, and those, the purpose of those small groups is that you would become more like Jesus Christ in your character as a result of being in those groups. That's discipleship. And it's interesting because I think in our culture, um, many, many people have gotten this Western civilization idea of what Christianity is. And the picture that I get is like, if I come to church, it's kind of like a cruise ship, right? Where has anybody ever gone on a cruise? I still want to go, but I've heard that they're pretty cool. So you go on a cruise ship. I guess you got all you can eat food, this big buffet. You've got free entertainment every single night. You get to play shuffleboard. That's so cool. You know, there's swimming pools. It's like, man, I'm just, I I am literally consuming, consuming, consuming on this cruise ship. And many people think that the church and Christianity is that. Can I just tell you right now? It's not. That's not what Christianity is. Yeah, we get the blessing of experiencing God's presence and his love for us, and, and there's a lot of healing that takes place, and we get the, the, the hope and assurance of eternal life through Jesus Christ. But, but let me give you a contrasting view of what Western, Western Christianity. Do you, know what, do you know what Christianity really is, what Jesus talks about? It's a battleship. It's not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. And w- when you go on a battleship, what are you doing? You're actually going and, and saying, I'm willing to give my life for this. I'm willing to fight for this. I'm willing to, to live for the truth, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to serve my commander. And so when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we say, Lord, you now guide my life. And, and I'm willing to even lose my life in order to gain true life in you. That's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves 
and take up their cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Man, it's not about me anymore. It's all about him. I'm gonna take up my cross. What does that mean? Well, in that day, the cross was a death sentence. And so I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm gonna die to myself. I'm gonna identify myself with Christ. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And then I'm gonna follow him. Verse 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Verse 26, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul. I love this picture because it's so honest and so true. You know, that, that Christianity is not a, and the church is not a cruise ship, it's a battleship. And if you know, you'll, you'll know this once your spirit, you know, we, we have this thing called the flesh, the sinful nature that we struggle with. When we come into a relationship, he gives us his Holy Spirit to give us the power to overcome temptation in our lives. But I'll tell you right now, this, this flesh that we hold on to, it, we're gonna have it until we take our last breath and we're with God in eternity. And it can be a battle sometimes. There's times, man, it's just, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh man, I just, I got all these thoughts running through my head. I, I don't even wanna get out of bed. I'm, I got a bad attitude. I don't know, if maybe you wake up with sunshine and just you're excited all the time. I'm, I'm not. I struggle. I still struggle. It's a battle. And as soon as somebody just decides they're not in the battle anymore and they're just gonna give in to whatever temptation they have, guess what? You've just, you've just lost the fight. So how do we fight? Well, we don't fight alone. We fight with God's strength. And we, we fight in his power. And we're changed in his power. And it's all about him. And so discipleship is such a big part of what we do here at the bridge. Number five is generosity. Number five is the uh, fifth value is generosity. In fact, we serve such a great God. For God so loved the world that he gave he gave his one and only son. And so I love that we, we serve a, a generous and giving God. And when we talk about generosity, we're not talking just about financial generosity. We're talking about talents and, and gifts that God has given you to serve the church, uh, about the, the, the gift of time that he's given us so that we can help build up the body. But it does include financial gifts as well. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. I'm cheerful, I'm smiling, I'm excited. When I drop my check off in that little cherry wood box, ooh, it's, it feels good to know that I'm serving God and, I'm, and, and God is the steward of all my resources and that I can give to him. And so that's a, a big portion of it. But you know what a big portion of it is here at the church? I love to see people utilizing their spiritual gifts and their abilities to serve the, the body of Christ and to build the body of Christ up. And so we, as we move forward as a church, I would love for everybody to be serving here at some capacity, that, that you would be utilizing your gifts, 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use 
whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Did you know that when you utilize your spiritual gift and you serve the body of Christ, that people experience God's grace through that? That as we're all serving together, that the, the world will see Jesus in that? And so what's, you know, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have a spiritual gift, and that gift is to build the body of Christ. Maybe you have the gift of evangelism or teaching. Maybe you have the gift of mercy where you can come along somebody that's hurting. Maybe you have the gift of, of giving. Some people have this ability, God's given them ability to make a lot of money and, and to, to bless the church and resource them financially. What is it in your life? The, the other thing is that God has given people certain uh, abilities, right? Um, some of you are athletic. Well, maybe God's going to use that athleticism to help lead someone to Christ. Some of you like to cook. We're going to have a potluck here afterwards, and some of you are going to bring some of your food. It's going to be really enjoyable as we break bread together, as we fellowship together. And then there's, there's different aspects of who we are. Then God's given you a certain personality. Some of you are introverts. Others of you are extroverts, like me. I'm in the, you know, I'm in the sauna. I can't help but talking to people. You know, I'm just, uh, some of you are thinkers and feelers. Others of you, you see the big picture on things. Others of you are very detailed. And we need all of those personalities in the body of Christ working together. But you know what the coolest things that God has given you as a gift is your past. Either, either difficult or good, God has given us all different experiences. And God never wastes a hurt, and God never wastes anything in your past. And so God might even use something difficult that you've been through to come alongside somebody else who's going through the same thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, that God comforts us in our trials so then we can now come alongside and comfort those that are going through difficult times. So we can, we can be generous with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure. Generosity is a huge part of who we are at the bridge. And then number six is everything in prayer. Everything in prayer. We want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in whatever we do. So whenever, you know, just even this, take this morning, for example. I know I have been praying for this morning all week. Some of you have too. Our staff gets together and pray. Uh, John is up here with the worship team and he's praying before they start their worship set. We're in a room uh, an hour before the service with a group of people and we're praying for this, this time. That, that after the service, we're gonna invite people to come up and pray with, that, that are going through things and we'll have some people up there to pray with you. So we do everything in prayer. Why? We realize that nothing powerful and nothing of, of any eternality is gonna ever um, happen apart from prayer and apart from what God's doing. And so listen to this verse. Um, you want to know God's will for you? It's really to pray and to give thanks. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So you're always like, oh, what's God's will for me? Well, give thanks in all circumstances. Praise his name. Pray continually. Uh, another verse I love about praying everything in prayer is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And pray in the spirit 
on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and, requ- and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Do you see this? All, all, all. All occasions in the spirit for all people with what? All kinds of prayers. And so this is what you do. You go, okay, I am in the battle and, and, and I am struggling with temptation right now. Lord, would you fill me with your spirit and give me the strength to either resist or just run from this temptation right now? God, I need your spirit and your strength. Would you protect over me from the evil one? Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. Lord, I'm in a conflict with this person that I care about deeply, and there's a wedge between us, and I don't even know what to do, God. Would you give me wisdom in this conflict that I'm having? Father, I'm having this situation at work that I, don't, I, I just need your wisdom with because uh, this person's treating me really poorly, and I, just, I need to know how to talk to them, if to talk to them, if I just love, what, what do I do, Lord? I need your wisdom. And we just begin to pray. God, you know what? Thank you that I got a, um, you know, thank you that I got a promotion at work. I praise you and I give you all the glory. Thank you. God, you know, my son or my daughter that is, uh, they've walked away from you and it breaks my heart. And I know it breaks your heart as well. And so Lord, I'm asking God that you would draw them back into your presence and into your love and that they would start following you. You see, you just begin to pray about every single thing. Do you know I pray even to the point sometimes that there are times when I'm, I'm going into God's presence and I have a bad attitude and I don't even wanna pray? Guess what I pray? God, uh, you already know my heart. <laughs> you know I don't even wanna be here right now. You know that I'm struggling even to pray, but, you, but your grace and your love for me is much bigger than that. And so I'm just being honest with you. And sometimes I'll just be honest with the fact that I don't even want to pray. Guess what happens? It frees me up. And now I can move on and keep praying. See, it's, we, we pray about everything. God, I confess to you. God, I confess to you my sin. And Lord, I know that I've hurt you and I've hurt others. And so God, I, I confess the sin to you. And you get specific about whatever you're struggling with. Man, we do everything, everything in prayer. And so uh, those are, the, those are the, the values that we have, you guys. Um, one of the, there's a lot of different other, other values, biblical values that we didn't touch on and we'd have to go through a whole series. But I think one of the things here as we talk about our church culture that's important is, uh, is authenticity. That when we look at Jesus's life, he was so authentic I mean, he's going to the garden, and he talks about his, his soul being crushed with grief, even to the, almost the point of death. Like he is experiencing, he's going to be experiencing the cross, and he invites his three closest friends to come and pray with him in the midst of his darkest hour. That's, that's authentic, authentic right there. That's Jesus. And there was times when Jesus had to rebuke and he had to confront those, the evil of the Pharisees and he had to call it out. He was, he was sometimes he was tough. Um, there were other times where he would weep over Jerusalem and his heart would break with compassion for those that don't know the Lord. And but he, was, he, he, he would speak with these disciples and he would share his heart and his love with these disciples. And if you look at Jesus' ministry, 
Jesus invested so much time in these 12 guys. And if you look at, think about it, if you look at a church, his church was 12 people, guys. If we look at that, we go, man, that, that almost looks like Jesus was a failure. <laughs> but we know that's not true. Because those 12 guys then went off and they continued the church and then they made disciples and those people made disciples and continued the church and then they made disciples and continued the church. And that's really what we want to do is we want to follow the model of Jesus to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And, and all of us, it's, we're all, in this, if you're on this journey with Jesus, you can help be part of making disciples. And you can listen to somebody else that's a little farther along in the journey, and they can encourage you in their faith. And so that's why the church just continues on, where we make disciples that make disciples. Man, I'm, but here's the deal. Part of discipleship, you guys, is messy. It's not always easy. It's it's not this, you can't just put discipleship in a box. You can't put people in a box. Sometimes it's going to be difficult. There's going to be tears involved. Sometimes there's going to be laughter and excitement and celebration. Other times uh, you're going to have to forgive. Other times you're going to have to come and ask for forgiveness. That's what what means living in community is, is that no, we're not perfect. And so we're we're going to forgive. We're going to love. We're going to show compassion. We're going to admit when we're wrong. And we're going to continue to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so if we keep our eyes on him and we continue to abide in him, I, I'm telling you guys, we don't, we don't even, can't even begin to imagine what he's gonna do here. And so um, I wanna invite you right now just to pray with me and, and maybe you're here today and you've never come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, I'm gonna invite you to do that Father, thank you for your love. Thank you that, Jesus, you taught us how to do ministry. That, Lord, we, you, you invested your life in these 12 guys, Lord. 12 guys that were really, they, they were kind of outcast. They were just fishermen and Simon the Zealot. And I think of uh, just other guys that were just, they weren't picked. They weren't the religious types, but you, you chose them to follow you. And we thank you, Lord, that we all feel like those disciples, God, that we don't deserve this, but because of your grace, you choose us and you you draw draw us into your family. Father, I want to pray right now for anybody that's never come into a relationship with you, that right now they would say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I confess my sin to you. I confess my brokenness and my need for you as a savior. And I receive your gift of forgiveness and your death on the cross as payment for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't stay in the grave. But three days later, you were resurrected to new life, God, that we now can have the hope of resurrection and new life as we get to spend eternity with you. And so as we're here on this earth, God, let us be your hands and feet. God, would you fill us with your spirit as a church, Lord, that we would go out to the highways and the byways, Lord, and we would, we would serve and we would love and we would share the gospel with every single person on this earth. We love you, Lord, and we dedicate our church, our lives, our hearts to you completely. It's in your name we pray, amen. <music>